about 10, 10 days ago, got the phone call saying I had a reaction to one of the tests for the prep study, had to fly back home, and yeah, got the hard fact truth that I end up being HIV positive. Being told you're HIV positive totally sucks. But things have changed dramatically, and a positive diagnosis today means you'll be okay. I promise. Hi, I'm Dean Beck, and this is Inside HIV, the podcast for positive people. Made possible thanks to the Victorian AIDS Council, VAC, Working Together, and Vive Healthcare Positive Action Community Grants. That was John, who you heard at the start of today's episode, and we'll be catching up with him a little later. Now, receiving a positive diagnosis, it has to be one of the toughest days of your life. How the hell do you get through it? Well, over the next couple of episodes, we'll find out how. So let's begin. Uh, my name is Campbell Clarkson. I am 25 years of age, uh, originally born in New Zealand, now living in Melbourne. Campbell, your diagnosis. Explain that little gem for us, would you? Yeah, sure. So it was, um, I started seroconverting late to November, early December. You felt that? Oh, yeah, it was okay. really full-on seroconversion. Um, like I... Tell uh, me what that's like, because I didn't have one. Yeah, so I was vomiting Ooh. uncontrollably. Um, I had diarrhoea. Um, I had hot and cold sweats. You Body name, aches. Yeah, everything. You name it from any flu sort of symptom, just times it by 100. Did you get a rash? Um, I d- that was the only thing I didn't get was a rash. <laughs> um, so... I, no matter what I could do, my bowels would never settle. Oh, um, wow. I was hot and cold sweats. I'd stub my toe, for example, and it would not. It would be infected for for weeks. How long did this go? The, the, that 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 real crook, fluey feeling. How long did that go on for? It went on for probably two to three weeks. Right. Um, it was quite long, long enough. Time. Yeah, like I I delayed starting treatment because um, it was around the New Year prep period, so I wanted to hold off. I started taking um, every sort of prescription drug I could to sort of ease the um, the, the conversion process. The symptoms. Yeah. Totally. And did you know what it was? Um, I did, yeah. Um, my doctor, though, had other thoughts. Um, really? Yeah. So I had, uh, I guess, a sexual, what's the word for it, a sexual behavior that I'd, I'd know that how much use of condoms I'd be using. And at this stage, it was only one person that I hadn't used condoms with. And when it was happening, because I had a scare previous couple of months before that, I said to my doctor, I walked in, and I, was, I was like, I'm pretty sure I'm seroconverting. She's like, no, you've just got gastro. Um, and so I was like, oh, I don't think I do, but wow. I'm sure, well, I'll just, can we get an HIV test just in case? Um, and it took the HIV test took um, longer than it should have. Uh, it was... On because it was the Christmas New Year period. Well, not just no? that, but because um, because I was still seroconverting, oh. um, they found it on the Western Blot, which is the the test that they yep. do for it. Um, it was on like Blot twenty three, or right right in the early days, and they were like, "Oh, the tests are still wind away." So it was still in that sort of window conversion period yeah. where your antibodies hadn't fully produced to tell us what exactly was going on. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So you had a bit of an inkling, yeah. Yeah, like uh, I guess. When these sort of situations happen, um, I take a, 
um, half the responsibility because I obviously it's my sexual health as well, and I should never rely on someone else's word. But you know, when I say to someone, "Oh, have you been tested?" and they say yes, and then later that comes out to be that's not true. So, you know, it's like you sort of take half the blame. So I, I, being in the community uh, sort of environment up in Sydney when I was diagnosed. I sort of was. I was aware of what was going on. I knew the symptoms of seroconversion, um, and without using condoms as well, it sort of raises a few alarm bells. I'd suggest that most twenty-four-year-olds wouldn't have been able to identify those symptoms. Would you say that? I'd agree. Yes, um, but at the time, or even previous to that, I have I had dated positive guys and had been in um, serodiscordant relationships, um, so I. I was aware of what to look for if anything like that did happen. Um, so it was kind of ironic that it had to happen with someone that didn't know their status, um, unfortunately. so hmm. You said you'd take half the, the responsibility for that. Yeah. Um, do you seek to blame? Is there an element of blame still within you? Uh, I think I've moved past that. It's, okay. been, it's been nearly two years. I, I'm on talking terms with the person um, so I know who it was. Uh, you know, at the same time, it was a, it was a um, diagnosis for two people, not just me. Yeah, so, right. yeah. You know, and he's the sort of person that wouldn't do it out of um, any malice or anything like that. So, I've had worse things happen in life, and that's what I always say. You know, I find HIV one of these things that is is pretty simple compared to some other things that can happen in life. And ultimately, we've got to take full responsibility totally. for our own health and well-being. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So you still have a relationship with this person of sorts. Um, was that difficult to get back on track? Or Yeah, it was in the initial, um, I guess, first three to six months it was. Um, but, you know, I'm a lot younger than this person and I find that um, there's a little bit of a almost an age stigma with older people when they get diagnosed because they're like, well, I should have known better mm. um, or, or vice versa. Mm. I've had friends that have passed away. Can you give us an idea, just roughly, of the yeah. age of this person? Um, so I'm 25. He would be at least 10 years older than me. Yeah, so. right. Okay. Yeah, yeah it's interesting because at 45 and, you know, my diagnosis in my early 40s, I get that. Yeah. Totally get that. You seem to have gotten back on track pretty quick. How, how did you get yourself out of that uh, or, or how long was the the miserable state how long did that go on for it was really just the, the from zero conversion because i okay. like got quite sick till um i started my meds in, in december january um i became undetectable in the first month of on, being on meds which is pretty good but also at the same time just after my diagnosis i started dating a positive guy so um he helped me a lot with my resilience in terms of just having someone else to support me there. Um, even though, again, this guy was a little bit older. I like my men, like I like my wine and cheese, a little bit vintage. Um, so um, he helped me through that as well as starting to sort of just get involved in community stuff as well. It really had my took my mind off things. Sure. Did you, st- you, did you still have good days and bad? How was that? Because um, until you sort of... You get to be with it for a while. Yeah. You you know you sort of oscillate, or I I, I certainly did. Um, it was I guess the first two months after becoming undetectable, studying my medication. Um, there was sort of a gap there where I was um, seeing a, a negative guy, and I wasn't sure about the, all the studies, like what does undetectable mean, what sexual possibility, and for for me to sit there and, and talk to him and be like, you know, what well, if I could choose, I would be negative. And so he's, you know, saying this is this is too complicated or this is too much for him to handle. 
if, you know, if, if the same conversation was had now, it'd be a completely different conversation. I probably wouldn't even be talking to the guy in the first place, let alone, you know, having that then. So it's kind of interesting seeing where my knowledge has grown because it really comes down to knowing um, I, what I call Miley virus, um, which is my virus. Um, <laughs> because it's, it's all, you all come down to be, becoming an educator as well. So Yeah, does that ever get you down? Not really. Um, I have links saved on my phone. So let's say if I'm on Scruffle Grinder and someone says, what does that mean? I can just paste and send. What a great hint. Yeah, totally great hint. I've even got a, um, <laughs> a, uh, a screenshot of a um, campaign that Living Positive Victoria did with Plus You. Um, and so I just send that through, which is, shows that people are undetectable. Now, you're the guy behind the Plus You campaign that we see in our dating apps, uh, yeah. where people self-identify that they're undetectable and positive. How did you uh, come up with that little gem it of an idea? It was really just a night sitting in bed with my partner at the time, being like, what do you think about this? Um, so it was really not much thought put into it. Um, well, I'd like to c- claim that there's much thought put into it, but it was like, you know, we've got all this new information around Plus and Brackets has been around for, for a while now. How about we put this you in there, um, which includes undetectable or other people can interpret it as themselves mm, or mm. all these different sorts of things. And, and I guess from that, it just sort of expanded because of my age at the time. I was, I think I was 22 or 23, um, being open uh, about my status online is, is a big thing for a, for a young guy, I guess. So. But it was picked up and adopted by not just the public, but also... Um, Organisations who um, applauded you for your leadership in that space. Yeah, I think it, the reason that happened is because I, when it comes to sort of new marketing campaigns, and I decided to be like, you know what, you guys can use it without any cost, free of charge, and it's something that what I've already experienced with. Um, I decided to post it on the Institute of Many's Facebook um, page, and everyone on there decided to um, jump on board with it and say, yeah, that's really cool. Um, as well as me talking to those that can't necessarily become undetectable because of other comorbidities and, and those sorts of things. So um, it was just a little grassroots idea that decided to take off like rapid, rapid fire. What does leadership mean to you? Leadership. I think leadership is the ability to listen um, to the people that you're leading and take that on and also feedback as well. So it's very much a cooperative um, sort of scope for me, I, I guess. You've left New Zealand. You've also left Sydney. You're now based in Melbourne. Tell me what the landscape feels like as being young and positive here compared to Sydney. It's very different. Um, I call Melbourne either the Berlin of Australia or the progressive capital of Australia as well. So what I mean by that is a lot of grassroots activism in terms of things like PrEP and um, people living with HIV has really started in Melbourne. And so coming down here and having things like PrEP Access Now and um, PrEP for Change, which are all really great um, community groups for negative guys, this landscape's already set for, um, for I guess, uh, someone living with HIV to be okay, a little bit more accepting. Have you found that uh, through the apps and through your interactions that PrEP has changed 
that divide? I think, yes, it has, especially in Melbourne. Um, right. You know, I think having PrEP on your profile is just as much is just as much of a statement as having your HIV status. Um, you become an educator um, regardless of whether you like it or not. And, and in some cases, equally stigmatised yeah, as well. Yeah, no, 100%, yeah, <laughs> which is it's good to know because I, then I had a chat with my friends that have it on their profile and they're like, wow, this is nothing compared to what you guys must have. But there's a whole new bunch of stigma fighters. Yeah, that's right, from other, from the other side. From the other side. just us yeah, having yeah, to do yeah, all the work, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's good stuff. Look, thank you very much for being so open and honest with you, with us. Um, we might get you back to answer a few more questions at a later time. Yeah, sounds good. Thanks for having me. You know, Campbell is an inspirational young man, and he's the guy behind the plus you symbol that people use to disclose their positive status on hookup sites like Grinder and Scruff. Now, at the beginning of today's episode, I mentioned John, diagnosed HIV positive just days ago. Well, receiving an HIV positive diagnosis, it's a tough space to be in. And one person that knows that all too well is John, who joins us. John, welcome. Hi, how are you? Thank you very much for agreeing to be a part of this. Um, Your diagnosis is very recent. Yes, it was. Tell me. Um, about 10, 10 days ago, got the phone call saying I had a reaction to one of the tests for the prep study, Cape had to fly back home, and yeah, got the hard fact truth that I ended up being HIV positive. So you were accessing the prep trial here in Victoria? Yes, I was. And it's through the screening process, I guess, of that, that uh, you got that knowledge, yeah? Yeah, yeah about four days later. How have you been since? Uh, first few days were a complete mess, but now I'm starting to come to terms with it. Describe for me what that mess was like. Uh, I had suicidal thoughts, um, how I was going to tell friends, especially my family, and how to deal with it myself. But other than that, it's been a whirlwind ride just dealing with myself, and now that I've overcome those problems... I'm a lot happier in myself now that I can actually move forward. It's a very short space in time that we're talking about um, for you to get to that level of being able to join me here and talk about it. Um, tell us about you. How old are you? I'm um, 36. Yep. From uh, a small country town north of Victoria, north of Melbourne. Yep. Normally live a quiet life, but an active job site role that I have. Being in the country, we would normally presume that... Uh, you know, you don't have sex on tap, um, uh, so uh, I guess there are established friendships and, and sexual relationships. Yes, there is. Yeah. And only being new, new to the state as well, which made it hard right. fitting in. Yeah. This point of diagnosis, um, what was your first reaction? I uh, couldn't believe it. To be honest, I thought I was invincible. I wouldn't get this. Why did you think that? Young, naive, didn't fully think of all the risks involved, I guess. And it's a lesson I've learnt. It's a lesson we've all learnt. <laughs> You're a big strapping lad, uh, fit, healthy. Have you, and it's by chance that you got this diagnosis, accessing the PrEP trial, you mustn't have had a, a seroconversion illness that you can think of at least. No, nothing. Um, only downtown was sick from my appendix and that was it. Right. 
uh, which was an operation you had recently. Yes. When you hear of you know people uh, having that illness as as the defining moment of of, of that seroconversion, does it? freak you out that you never got that, that you have found yourself in this position almost by accident, by yeah. you know, accessing the trial? If I had those sicknesses, I would have probably been able to tell, but not having, not being sick or nothing, I had no idea. Mm-hmm. Nothing to pick up on it. So that must have been a hell of a shock. I was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What did you do when you left the hospital? What, what was the first thing you did? I uh, sat in my car and broke down yeah. in tears, um, had the courage... And the balls to ring my mum up. Good. And tell her. And she's been supportive. She rings up every couple of days to see how I'm going. Oh, great. And my close network of mates who have been so supportive. So you've started disclosing your status pretty early on, I'd say. Um, that's That takes guts. Well, there's no point hiding it, um, especially with my friends as well, who can tell if something's wrong with me. <laughs> Especially my mum. And do you think that? Yeah, well, mums know, don't they? Um, they do. Do you think uh, by identifying the special people in your life, the, if you like the safe people, yep. to, to, to say so, that's been a help for you? It has. Yeah. Um, I'm not hiding it in myself. I'm not you're not broadcasting it. Well, you are broadcasting. You're here broadcasting, but I mean, you're not uh, on Facebook telling the no, world. No. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's only certain friends who need to know. And that's about it. It's about family and friends. So what's happened in the last 10 days? Uh, a lot of meetings, interviews. Forms? A hell of a lot of forms. <laughs> um, and council appointments and just doctors just trying to get what medication to go on. And it's just been a brain overload. Yeah, I, I can Yeah, I can imagine. Now, you've gone on treatment straight away. Yes. Were you comfortable doing that? Yeah, I was. Was it, um, were you given the option of not doing that? Um, I chose to go on it Yep. when they offered it to me. Why was that? I just felt it was better if I was on it straight away as we are waiting for the actual full screen to come back in. So you hadn't even got the definitive diagnosis? No. Right, okay. I just had the positive reading from yep. the first test going on the prep yep. that when they said that needed to send off more bloods, they, offered, they said, do you want to take drugs? And I said, yes, start treatment. And how's that been for you? Good, I've... Has been some little side effects, like what? Um, the diarrhea. Been having some nightmares, but as put down because of everything that's dumped on me in one go. Mm-hmm. Stomach pains and like sort of sleep. cramps and things. Yeah? yeah, yeah. And hard to get to sleep. Yep. How much of that do you put down to uh, the pills, and how much do you put down to just uh, where you're at? Do you probably the stomach pains from the pills and probably the diarrhea, but most of it I say it's just. Where you're at? Yeah, in my head. You said uh, lots of meetings. Um, give us an understanding of wh- what they've been and, and what spaces they've been. Nearly two to three, if not more, a day with different counsellors, doctors and organisations just trying to fit in and what to do. So you've uh, very early on, you've tapped into, I guess, the support network that's out there, um, the the services that are available to you. How have you found that experience so far? Um, quite a warning and quite helpful, especially okay. living in a country town and being don't have access to that in the country. And coming to Melbourne while having my DOS points and reaching out to those is a lot easier for me and it's not going to be a challenge one way. Have they been, uh, I guess, what you've expected they might be like or have they been different to what you might have expected? Um, a lot better than what I expected, right. more helpful. Okay, that's good. 
I'm sure they'd like to hear that. <laughs> it, it is overload when this happens, uh, and it, it can be a minefield to, to, to navigate every single day and then, you know, also exist in your own life. Um, what's the balance like at the moment? Is, or, is it, or have you just put things on hold? Put a lot of things on hold yeah. at the moment, taking time off for myself. And that's important. Yeah. yeah. The fact that you've chosen to join us on the program is fantastic. Thank you. No um, and you've agreed to, I guess, let us follow you over the next six months. Yeah. Why did you do that? Um, I guess help me in a way and also reach out to the other people who are in my situation who have just been freshly diagnosed and don't know what to do. Mm. Um, it is hard, but there are times where it gets easier. And you recognise that, but you don't know that. Not now. <laughs> I've noticed or do you for, think that? For me, it's getting easier dealing okay. with it. It was hard the first five, six days, but yeah. now that I've opened up to my friends and family, I'm finding it's going to be a lot easier for me. But time will tell. Sure. I could have a bad sure. patch. And I want you to share those with us as well too, of because course. I think that's important. Tell us about your friends. What's their reaction been like? Um, they've been very supportive. One of my good mates wants to come with me to council appointments just to, so he can see how tell me when I have a, a bad day. That has sort of been great. Having someone there beside you in that space, um, do you think that will hold you back from um, opening up or you're, you're still comfortable opening I'm up in front of Still comfortable opening up in front of him because yeah. we've been through a lot together as right. mates. We trust each, we open up with each other anyway, so we have that great rapport with each other. Sounds like you've got some pretty amazing people around you. I do. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Well, look, I'm most thankful that uh, you're going to be a part of this series and a part of this journey and we're going to follow your journey we're going to tap into you each week and check up on you and just see how you're doing and i think um if you can share your grievances and uh and your wins we want to know them too then we'd really like to uh include you in it and so thank you very much for joining us Next week, we'll hear from more positive people about their diagnosis and discover what the common link is between these resilient people. Just what is it that has been the main point of strength for all of these people in dealing with their diagnosis? Now, if you're dealing with a new diagnosis yourself, there is a link at the bottom of the homepage of our website, InsideHIV.net. And I've also included some helpful links to resources in the blog post for today's podcast episode. Check them out at InsideHIV.net. Please follow the show on Twitter at HIV Podcast, like us on Facebook, and also give us a rating and share it with your friends. That way, it'll get around to those who need it. We'll catch you again soon. I'm Dean Beck. Stay positive. Inside HIV, the podcast for positive people. Made possible thanks to the Victorian AIDS Council, VAC, working together, and Vive Healthcare Positive Action Community Grants. Follow us on Twitter at HIV Podcast and like us on Facebook.